2: Hi and welcome to Homestown Radio. My name is Chris Hambling and I'm your host tonight as we look back on a narrow 1-0 defeat against Liverpool at Anfield. A glaring miss by Benteke proved crucial as Manley pounced on a loose ball to prod home. It was a much improved display, and we'll be talking about why, as well as looking at the deficiencies within the squad that are still there for all to see. Get in touch with the show today, head to HOLRadio.net forward slash contact to find out how. We'll be back in just a moment.
3: reasons to hate Brighton homophobia homophobia doesn't need to be one of them follow us on twitter at proud and palace
2: right it's time for me to introduce my panel for the day and uh first up it's mr dr kernes hello everyone hello hello dr good to have you back on the show mates
0: yeah it's good to be back i'm excited
2: no, i thought you might be you sound <laughs> excited we also oh. have for the second consecutive week it's lucy white
4: good evening
2: good evening and we also have albert curly uh, he's just just jumped online on skype and he'll be with us any second now as uh, soon as someone actually adds into the call but albert will be here in due course and it'll be smooth as you like uh, just to remind you you can listen live on facebook go to the homestead radio page on there and click on our latest post to this live and post your comments in there. DR will be keeping an eye on that and uh, bringing some of the content from that during the course of the show. Um, obviously, thank you for all your contacts over over the show and, of course, during the week as well. We try to use as much of it as we can. Uh, those things we don't use, uh, we still read them. So thanks very much. Uh, one of the things we're going to look at this year is after reading out the forward reviews in the way that we did. Is we're going to use the best forward review to name the show. And i will just quickly run it through... Uh, run it through lucy and uh and dr at the moment so we've got uh, the options are at pjh law went for tunnel and light visible it's not bad pro at promo man went for better than last week at henry uh better can still improve at Gazboard, but i hate the m6 which i have a lot of sympathy for you mate but Probably not not too much, too close to the uh, sort of... But people won't identify the show if they read, I hate the M6, but uh, there we go. On Facebook, Dale Martin with could have been worse. Charlie Gillette with not terrible, more signings. Hi, Albert. Uh, (laughs) Paul Jeeves went for £30 million head, 30p feet. Obviously, referring to to Benteke there. And the miss that he uh, had against Liverpool. Nick Wilson went with we played quite well. And Gary Carter with stop the effing moaning. Any favourites there, Loose?
4: um I quite like gas pods
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, hating the M6.
4: I too yeah. hate the M6 um but uh yeah I think Tunnel end light visible is a really good way of summarizing yesterday's game um but also Gary Carter's stop the moaning. <laughs> I think yeah. you oh, can kind today of say that. it's got ridiculous uh the moaning so Ooh, one of those two.
2: Well, I certainly have a chat about the uh, frustration and the moaning and all that kind of stuff. Do you have anything that stands out to you?
0: We played quite well, considering <laughs> we did quite we did play quite well yeah. <laughs> last week's performance. So that's the most relatable one. It's quite understated, that... isn't it? We played
2: yeah. quite well. Yeah, yeah, yeah we yeah, did. i sort of quite like that one myself. Uh, Albert, I don't know if you have heard these since you were late. Stop the effing moaning! You like that one, do you? Oh no, that was just. Haven't got you, but haven't got me. <laughs> hey, uh, I, you know, I think that the general theme was uh, was played quite well, not terrible. More signings could have been worse. So I'm actually going to go with with one that Lucy picked out as well. That's PJH Law, Tunnel End Light Visible because I like the positivity. So we'll go with that with this week. So that will be the name of the show. If you want to get in with a chance of naming our show next week, do send in your forward reviews after the result of the game.
5: Are we sure that's not another traffic?
2: related one actually that's a good point it could might he, he might
5: tunnel? have been stuck in the Darfur tunnel or something on his way home
2: fair point mate fair point haven't thought that through but too late now uh, i want to start us off with a couple of questions we got in from um, uh well there was two on the same theme on twitter from cheesy palace we had is there money in the transfer pot or are we restricted by FFP and cost control rules? We desperately need a second striker and Jason Rourke on Facebook. But biggest question is, are we going to bring in another striker? We have to, otherwise we'll struggle. So, um, I want to address the sort of the the part over FFP first, because Steve Parrish was on was it radio five live, something like that, Mm -hmm. um, commenting on the the difficulties in the transfer market, but that's pretty much the same every year. Although it's, it's got worse with the, with the prices going up dramatically. Um, I think the belief, there's, there is obviously money there and available to spend, but we have to be extremely careful with it, I think, is the, is the message that he was actually trying to get across. I think people are worried there'll be no, no spending at all. We're going to try and carry on with one one recognized striker and all that kind of stuff. I think that's pretty much, that's pretty far from the uh, from the truth. <coughs> Excuse me. But, you know, it is, it is a worry to be in this position now uh and the chances are we've got to move players out and that's difficult because people have got to want those players and you know depending on the contracts those players are already on it might be very difficult to move them on but uh so some views views on that dr you've had some pretty strong views on uh on the sort of squad building this year so obviously we do need another striker and, and you know
0: are you worried about the money I'm, I'm not worried about money. I think it's an excuse to financial fair play. Many teams are overspending. So Paris Saint-Germain, they bought uh, Neymar for 200 million and I believe they're going to buy another player I forgot his name for crazy amounts of money. Bournemouth last year, they actually um, got fined for financial fair play, but they only got fined 7 million. I think all this financial fair play excuse is just nonsense. If we want to spend, we can spend. We've only spent, I, I believe... Less than ten million in net in the last two seasons, so we actually haven't overspent any money recently. So if, if we, I, did, then I would understand, but we I've haven't. Got, I've, I've got a question those figures where you're getting them from.
2: Net spend of te- ten million quid when we, okay, we, we, we I can recall spending. Sorry, receiving in the summer. Sorry, well, yeah, okay, last summer, but that doesn't. That accounts for reported transfer fees. That doesn't account for signing on fees, agent fees. It doesn't account for, you know, the, the contracts that we're giving people. You think probably our biggest expenditure this summer um, it's probably been on, on the total value of that deal to Wilfred Zaha. So I suppose I, I understand what you're saying, and I think I'm, that's the, I get a lot of frustration for that because that's, a lot, that's as far as a lot of people think, and, I, and I'm not criticising you for that, but they get to the point of, you know, we were reportedly spent this much money and we reportedly got this much money back in. But, you know, Steve Parrish was on our show last year saying that they had to go out to the rest of the board and they all had to put money in to spend money in the January transfer window. They actually had to put their own hand in their own pocket and pay for, for the players we sign in January. So clearly there's not this massive nest egg of money sitting there that people seem to think there is. So, it's a bit of a, a bit of a worry for me that people actually think like that. And but Albert, are we perhaps if if we're the only people who care about FFP, uh, we're in trouble, really, aren't we?
5: I th- yeah. The, the problem is, I remember when FFP came in, you know, such a huge deal made of it, and it was going to be this, and it was going to be that, and it was going to be the end to all the overspending. And then I think there was a few seasons ago, Man City looked like they got in trouble for it, and then they don't seem to have, you know, adjusted their. You know their attitude on it, and you know, as Diaz pointed out, the the name idea. Does anybody know what the FFP rules are anymore? Because I I sure don't know where we stand. And yeah, right, Bournemouth do it, and the irony being the, the fine is a financial one. So what's the incentive really? And I know it's if, if if they're the rules, then it's good that we're sticking to them because we're obviously you know not yeah Premier League club fifth season but we're st- you know we're, st- we're probably still paying a huge amount out in the wages on the current squad
2: well um, i believe i believe the wage bill is now 90 million pounds you know if you think where we where we came from in, in you know five, five six years ago i think we went up to the premier league with one of the lowest wage bills in the championship so where we're spending you know the income if you think income versus expenditure, you, you, people start talking about TV money. If you're spending 90 million quid of the TV money just on paying your, your staff and players, you know, there's not much more to play with, is there?
5: Well, exactly. It's, you know, we, don't have a huge, we don't have a huge ground that generates a million pound a game like Arsenal. Um, you know, when we, when we signed Kabai and it was rumoured he was on 70, 75 grand, we all sort of raised our eyebrows and thought, oh, blimey, that's a bit much. And then, you know, the, the rumours of what Townsend's on. We know is on mega money. Zaha, the Zaha deal must be approaching what Benteco's on. You know, we're, yes. talking, we're talking huge, huge amounts of money. Um, and we spent a hell of a lot. I know, yeah, we've got money for Pellessi, we've got money for Gale, but we spent big last summer and we spent big in January. Uh, it's, I'm not saying it's a situation I'm happy with, but it's certainly not one I'm surprised by. But we, you know, we're relying on the loans and, and maybe wait until last last few days of the window where we might be able to sneak something you know under the radar.
2: Well I think that's fair you do get better value at the, towards the end of the window although some teams will try and take advantage of you on that final day and up the price at the last minute which I know has happened to us on several deals over the last couple of years. Uh we're going to bring you in on this loose so obviously we're talking about the struggles with, with with the money available and perhaps having to move players out but it's pretty definite that we've got to do something, isn't it? We can't just we can't wait till January to try and address the situation with the strikers, and you know we, we need better strength and depth, don't we?
4: Absolutely. And um, one of the things that Steve Parish commented was that in order for us to get the players in, we're going to have to sell, and you know that's absolutely right. And I think that there was a bit of chaos, and people just assuming that we were going to sell first team players, but there's certainly a lot of um, Players that are, I was going to say waste wasted players um, that we could make our money on, and then I, I don't see why we can't ad- adhere to the financial fair play. In all honesty, I don't really understand it. Um, I don't understand how teams can spend two hundred million, and it, like other teams can you know splash the cash. You know, look at Burnley. They um they they're spending money. Swansea have um, just let guilty go. Look at Everton; they're doing bits, and yet we seem to be doing nothing. And it is quite worrying. And I know that you can't just throw your money at any other player, You have to get the right player for you because, you know, as you all, all know, we've had players that have we've thought of being going to be good, and then ended up being an absolute pony. But, I can't think
2: of any. I don't
4: know we talked uh, about. Yeah, you know, no. <laughs> I know. Um, you know we, we have to do this right and we can't just sign anybody but it's getting to the point now where it is well yeah we can't just sign anybody but it would be nice if we could sign somebody
2: <laughs> it's I, I have a lot of sympathy with what steve parish was was sort of saying and I, I think you've got to also be aware that i think probably the price for us went up the second we had outside investment you know we had billionaires come and invest in our club and I think that probably chucked a, a fair few percent on top of the, the the values that people are asking for us and we've talked about the fact that this market this year is absolutely mad and you know the team spending hundreds of millions aren't helping that uh, and, and, and I think the the difficulty is you know for Steve Parrish to come out and say that other teams maybe don't seem to care about financial fair play does called into question the whole concept because if you're restricting people on the wages that they can pay uh, and, and, the, and the amount of money that they can spend your your first of all obviously the bigger clubs have, have got an advantage already because they generate more income and they've you know got more money in the bank and all that kind of stuff and they're already at a certain point in terms of wages but bottom line is if the punishment is kind of insignificant why are they going to care you know, unless you're talking about stripping people of titles and cutting down huge amounts of points, then why would they bother? Why would they yeah. bother?
5: It has to be points because if teams can flaunt the financial rules so you know flamboyantly, what's another five or six million quid in a fine? You know, it's it's, yeah.
3: it's
5: not it's not going to hit them hard. Loose?
0: Sorry, Please, can I? I, no. think, oh, I no. think
3: the
4: thing is, people seem to. Be- to think that we have an abundance of money okay so we've had investment yes we've we've made money and you know we get the sky money what have you We, but you know it's not just players wages that we have to think that they're paying out there's there's all sorts of things that the club have to pay for and i think people forget that because it's not just the players on the pitch that turn up to work it's the admin teams. it's it's all the people that are employed I bet Terry Byfield's not cheap. <laughs> exactly, like you know, there's there, there's so much more to running a football club than just buying players in the transfer window, I think people sometimes forget that. That we can't just. It'd be great if we could buy the likes of Sacco, but yeah, you can't just chuck thirty million at one player and hope that that's going to solve all your problems.
2: Although we do do have to do something, Dior.
0: Yeah, like. What Lucy said is correct. It's not only about uh, transfers, it's about the whole club. We, we have to have money for the whole club. But you're looking at Bournemouth. You said about we don't get that many gate uh, money from Arsenal, Albert. Um, Bournemouth's ground is one of the smallest and they pay crazy amount of money. They pay, deferred, I believe, 120k a week. They spend, they spend in the transfer window. So what this financial fair play thing is, is that it's an excuse for chairman. Because... The only fine that you're going to get is not going to be points. It's going to be it's going to be money-wise. And money-wise, if we go down, we're going to make a bigger loss than if we're going to get fined by financial fair play. So I think we should stop using it as an excuse. And there is money in the club, and we should spend that money in the club.
2: Whoa. Well, okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna take umbrage with you here, but we will get into review of the game any second. Obviously, you called it an excuse for chairman. Well, I mean, I, I can't agree with that. I, I think it, it's, in some sense it could be used as an ex, as an excuse, but it, it's hard to call it an excuse when it's an actual rule, isn't it? it it's when, when you're when you're talking about something that is actually a, a league rule, a Premier League rule that you must conform to this or face a penalty. It's not really. I don't think Steve Parrish is sitting there thinking. You know what? I'm gonna. I'm not gonna spend any money this year, and uh, we're just gonna drift off. You know, drift to relegation, and just try and hope that we can sort of cling on by the by the sort of, you know, by our fingernails to a position in the Premier League. You know, he's appointed a a really high-profile manager. He's sanctioned a huge deal for Zaha. We're still going out and we're trying to, you know, we'd buy players. We bought Reid of Eld, uh, you know, we've loaned in two other players, but we're still out in the market trying to get players. But what Steve Parrish won't ever do, and he's proven that. He'll, he will always, you know, he won't he won't pay over the odds and he won't, you know, he will look for value in the market wherever that value may be. So I think it's an unfair criticism to suggest that he's looking, for, using it as an excuse. But what he certainly is identifying is that, um it's perhaps not a, a, a rule that is fit for purpose with how the other teams are behaving. Luce, yeah. you said you're jumping again. No, go D I'll oh. write a reply, then Luce can jump in.
0: Yeah, he did he but the way he was talking today on Radio Five Live is that he was saying, Oh, I don't know how all these Premier League clubs are gonna stick with a financial fair play. Well, they're not idiots. they fair like they know what they're doing. You're not going to get much of a damage if you actually spend the money because financial fair play has turned into a joke. Maybe one or two seasons it did work well, but afterwards, who cares about it now? Clubs spend as much as they want. If if they really cared about it, in Man City, uh, all these big clubs wouldn't spend huge amounts of money. And and uh, yeah, that's it. But I don't. I think it's I think it's used as it as an excuse more than um, us sticking to it.
2: Well, yeah, strong I'm
4: views
0: on. from Mr. Kerner. Go on, Luce.
4: I totally understand what you're saying Um, and I listened to the interview as well most of it and um, I think the thing we've got to remember is yes these clubs are throwing money at players and breaking, breaking in inverted commas financial fair pay but we're not City we're not Chelsea we we can't afford to be doing things like that we need to be careful but yes we do we do need to be spending the money but we need to be careful we can't just like i've said throw 30 million at saco you know it's they they obviously they know what they're doing um but it is about yeah the purse was opened
2: Right, I think we'll leave that there. I'll be interested to get some, some views from you guys listening in and uh, on on the live show and on the podcast, of course. But we will move on. We've got to talk about the Liverpool game. And, um, you know, it's, it's... It's a lot better than last week. I think that's where we've got to start with it. I mean, we had, a, we had an absolute nightmare against Huddersfield. And I think people feared the worst when we had Liverpool away coming up the game after. Uh, perhaps it serves to highlight that the extra game which kind of brought some sharpness back to the team uh, there was certainly better organization uh, i'll start with frank de burr's comments he said oh he said i said after the game if they showed this kind of intensity and discipline the results will come uh, and i do agree with that if we show that level of intensity and that level of organization we will beat uh you know we will beat some teams we will we were decent at times but you know perhaps a little bit I don't know. We weren't too adventurous, perhaps. Um, but but we were perhaps. You know, you can certainly look at the res- the, the, the game and say we were unlucky to lose it. Uh, I think that's probably fair. So the, the difference in the uh, the lineup: Zaha and Riederveld were out injured, so uh, Townsend came in uh, for Zaha. Uh, Townsend played on the right. It was actually it was actually a slightly different system. We kind of went for a five-three-two with Townsend up with Benteke. But when it actually became the three-four-three. Uh, You had Punch and pushing up onto the left-hand side of Benteke and uh, Townsend pushing up on the right. So it was quite a fluid system. But more often than not, the back three was actually a back five. Uh, Tompkins came in in the back line for uh, for Riederwald and actually put in a pretty assured performance and looked looked very good in there. Because it's been surprised that he he hasn't been playing really. You had Ruben Loftus Cheek playing central. and again, he was perhaps the driving force for the team. So, look good, uh, Luca was back to doing a screening, screening job in front of the back forward. I think the question really—I'll start with you on this, Dio, is we, we definitely sacrificed sort of creativity for for a sort of solid lineup, didn't we?
0: Yeah, we we really did um, sacrifice creativity, but in a good in a if we're looking at a Huddersfield game, we were really struggling defensively, so we had to do it. Otherwise, would have would have got destroyed. I like that we actually played more of a five at the back than a three at the back. So every time, let's say, if we push it from the right-hand side and Ward went up, we had Van Aanholt stay more defensively, so we still had a solid four there. But overall, I think Benteke and Townsend struggled. We hardly created any decent chances, and that's the only negative side of it. If we're going to do that against Swansea, we're going to struggle again. So if we fix that attacking side and hopefully get uh, another player there like Wilf in that side, then maybe attacking, we can be better... But yeah
2: yeah well strong just, rumors that we're in for oliver burke on that who's uh, been playing for uh, uh, leipzig in, in germany but uh used to be at forest a player no dougie dougie knows a bit about and very very talented wide forward if you like so uh, perhaps uh, perhaps we'll see him come in um, although they want quite a large sum of money for him but albert uh, obviously just talking to dr about the uh about the fact that we were more of a back five than a back three, but you can understand that against Liverpool, the idea of, of be, being a sort of solid unit to try and break us down. That's what we're used to and, and playing on the break and try and nick a goal. It, it kind of almost worked, didn't it?
5: I completely understand it. I think if we'd have been playing Forest Queen Rovers, I'd expected the, uh, the same shape after um, last Saturday's <laughs> performance, to be honest, back to basics. But yeah, like you say, we were certainly a lot deeper and a lot more organised. Um, you know, it's quite a quite a resilient first half, and all right, it wasn't the most creative performances, but like you say, when you've when you've got a real hide in you know out of the blue from a, a new promoted team, I think there's only one way to go, and certainly against the all right, they're not great at the back, but Liverpool, if they want to, they can sort of they can turn it on on their day, and you know we we were sort of absorbing it quite well, and Joel Ward was a bit deeper, and he was still. Still had a bit of a time of it and crosses were coming in, but we managed to resolve and, you know, there's a couple of moments in the first half where we hit him on the break with some nice sort of one-touch passing and we looked all right. I just, you know, it was it was certainly not as excruciating as I thought it was going to be the first half.
2: Yeah, not, not well, on that topic, Luce, you you know, you were up there at Anfield and I suppose you probably feared the worst before kickoff. but a much better display. Uh, had the fans sort of take it up there? Were they much happier?
4: Um, there were a few people sat around me and um my friends that I went up with um that were pretty negative through the whole game um and I when Ward and whenever Ward was near the ball I, I I probably was quite negative as well but overall I think most people towards the end of the game were more frustrated that we let such a ridiculous goal in um and I was speaking to um Chris Windsor as we were walking out and I actually said to him I don't feel as deflated as I did last week because
2: no, it would be hard hard to feel that deflated to be yeah, honest wouldn't it, it but it, it yeah. was
4: there was so there were so many positives that you could take from that game whereas last week there was absolutely nothing um uh so yeah it was there's obviously lots of work to do it's DeBoer's been there, what, six weeks? He's had two games and, you know, people are already writing him off. But after um, that performance, I think hopefully if we get the players in, as we've discussed, we, we will see something
2: change. Yeah, OK. Well, there, there were, you know, you, there was quite a strong reaction to the defeat from, from, from some and I was trying to sort of gauge whether or not, it made a difference sort of actually being there and witnessing it or not. And I, and I suppose, you know, what you what you're said is it, for, for a few, maybe not, but for most it probably did. Uh, whereas the sort of, the, the intensity of feeling that you tend to get on Twitter, um, it it really does seem to, I don't know, it just seems to sort of push people into into really getting Way over the top, very very quickly. It was extremely frustrating. Tom Fancis tweeted in saying uh, it was a much improved performance, but it's still frustrating to lose. But there's a difference between losing a game and being frustrated to lose a game, particularly mm. with the manner that we conceded the goal. But at the same time, there's you know there's a there's a lot to be feeling positive about there. Um,
4: absolutely, and um, you know you look at how uh, Loftus Cheek played. I mean, he was absolutely immense. You know. Luca had some really really good man. There was a couple of times when he was a bit, you know, shaky, but overall Luca's you know, he was really solid um in midfield. And, you know, hats off to Wayne Hennessy as well um because I I know we had a conversation over messaging um after the game hand by when I and I said, "Oh, Wayne Hennessy man of the match." And you was like, "Was he man of the match or did he just just do his job properly?" <laughs>
2: right um, <laughs> <laughs> don't give away don't give away everything
4: <laughs> I don't think about the other messages it's fine <laughs> <laughs> no
2: but in all in all seriousness we've um uh, you know we, you've covered quite a lot there that we'll we'll come back to in more detail um but no i get the point there, there were plenty of positives and and i was just a little bit concerned about how how off offer the you know know, the deep end people went with with the criticism I don't think there was a huge amount to criticize in in how we approached that game you know other than the fact that it would have been nice to have attacked a bit more but you know DR obviously in the context of how we lost to Huddersfield you, you can't really go out and attack a team like Liverpool too much even though they do have those weaknesses at the back
0: yeah you can't but then again it was we we've played Liverpool before and we, it's nothing like this. We played more direct, which, yeah, I agree, we should have. But having just Townsend and Benteke up front, I think it just damaged us as Liverpool had four defenders and they had two midfielders that just went up to the sport and they couldn't literally do anything. So, that-wise, it was really poor attacking. Like I was I was just so annoyed watching the game attacking. But when you're looking at defence-wise, yeah, we had to do it and it worked brilliantly on and we had that like, one little silly mistake that cost us. But other than that, I was happy with how we set up. Absolutely. Well, let's
2: talk to uh, individuals' performances. We'd have to get into some negatives here, I'm afraid. I'm afraid, uh, But we will, of course, give it the appropriate context as well. So last week, we talked an awful lot about Joel Ward. And uh, I think he really struggled in, in this game. You know, as Albert observed, he was... He was he, he was much sort of deeper in position, but he was pretty deep in position last week against Huddersfield. I don't think he was too far forward on too many occasions there, and that gave us that sort of lopsided effort. But when you actually look at where the majority of the attacks for Liverpool came from, it was downward side. He really struggled with the overlap with uh, Robertson, who I think in the first half I was counting, I think he got about I think it was seven or eight crosses in. Uh, throughout the, he, he, on his own, put him, you know, probably three or four times as many crosses as our whole team did. Uh, OK, they didn't score from a cross, but they should have done on probably two or three occasions. Uh, I get very frustrated with Wardy because he's never really been great at stopping a cross. Uh, but at times I felt he was just being walked past. Um, he, he was just struggling, really, really struggling. And you look at that team and you think someone's got to help him there. So who's available to help him? So Townsend, obviously, has got to be further up the pitch to try and get close to Benteke. So you don't really have the option of Townsend. So it's either, you know, Loftus-Cheek from the midfield has got to get out there and help him, in which case that weakens us through the centre. Or, you know, fosu on the right-hand side of the uh, the defensive three has got to come out and help him. But, you know, too often that didn't happen. And you, you just had, you know, a couple of, couple of one-twos and, and Ward was left scrambling every time. And I'm sorry, but it's no it's no coincidence that he is the one being targeted and and i have real concerns about his form um so am i being harsh i don't know what do you think lise
4: No, i think you're spot on he was absolutely awful yesterday um what i've got a message in the chat room from cool eagle 89 said first 15 minutes ward let three crosses come in he has to go and i couldn't agree more he was just hopeless yesterday and it, it makes me quite sad because we said last week you know there was a point when we were singing Joel Ward for England and now it, it's most of us wouldn't even have him on the team sheet so it, yeah he, he was awful yesterday it's a
2: shame and, and dear I've seen you play right back at Sellers Park uh, you know you know a bit about position for me I, I think um how Ward stands up to players is, is really is what's causing his problem. His body shape seems to get him very square on, so they can they can they can kind of go either side of him, and he's got a he's kind of got a shift and turn. So it looks like he's losing pace, and that was really that was really sort of emphasised when you saw James Milner. <laughs> and he, had a, you know, he's probably about forty-six now. And he had about, uh, you know, Ward had a ten-yard head start on him, but was facing the wrong way and had his feet planted. So Milner just steamed past him um, on the overlap, and it was it was a, a real struggle. Do you think perhaps he's, although he's more of a, a wing back in his system, but do you think maybe he's kind of lost lost how to play this position?
0: Yeah, I totally agree with you there. He just, he just lets players just glide past him. And if you're going to do that and if you're going to become a liability, then what can we do? We have to replace you. And I've said this before the before the season even started, that we have to replace him because he's a liability. There was, there was a reason why Liverpool targeted him so much. It's, it's because he can't tackle anymore. And the stat proves that as well, he only had 33%... Um, T- total tackle success rate. So it just shows how awful he was and why Liverpool targeted him. And if we're going to continue with him, if we're going to yeah. continue having him inside, uh, we should get used to this. He's going to be destroyed on that you, side. You,
2: you've, you've brought a really good point up with his tackling success rate. In, when our first couple of years in the Premier League, it wasn't just our, he wasn't just our, our best tackler. He was up there, I think he was probably top, I think from one stage, definitely, one the end of the first season, he actually topped the Premier League successful tackles.
0: Exactly. You
2: know, so, where's that gone? Where's that Joel Ward gone? He's, you know, he's only 27, it's not, not like he's in the latter stages of his career, something has happened there, and it's, uh, it's, it's a real concern. I've, Maybe I've, um, to pick up on
4: what you said, Ambe, with if he had the help with, like, the, like not the service, because you get that when you're attacking, but if he had the support along his side from Townsend or whatever, then maybe we'd see a different side. But it's 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 a real shame because he was a quality player and one of our best. And now he's not.
0: But then again, Lucy, um, you're saying Townsend, if Townsend helps him, he could uh, play better. But uh, when we first got promoted, we didn't have Townsend. I can't remember he was playing on that side, but um, it's not all about Townsend. It's about Ward himself. I feel like he lost, he lost his pace. He can't He can't cope with the Premier League football anymore. And it's not only now, it's last season as well. And people started noticing it towards the end of last season. And Steve Parrish and Frank De Boer should have noticed it in pre-season and we should have sorted it out. But then again, we're licking with Oliver Burke. So let's see if we can get him. If we can't get him, I think he's a big liability and we're going to definitely struggle. He
4: would have had Blassie, wouldn't he, with him?
0: <laughs> um, it was it was Bil- or Zaha more often than
2: not. Yes. we we had similar conversations at the time where we talked about is he getting enough support from those guys because they're so attacking focused, and it was obviously a time before Will really developed the defensive side of his game. So it's it's a really really. Um, I don't know it's it's an interesting debate I know uh, Phil Phil Thomas got in touch as well. actually Phil Thompson I think that is not the Liverpool one um, and he said Ward was way too square and he, the shape wrong and, and you know that's, that's pretty much the point I was making it's it just looks wrong to me the way the way he's sort of standing up to uh, to a player attacking him it just you know you tend to Okay, I do not play football particularly high level, but you, you know, I have played right back. And you do, you know, you either you make a choice, don't you? You either show your player down the line or you, you show him inside. But you, you, you sort of angle your body to account for that fact. And if he if he manages to do a little trick and tricks you to go one side, then, then fair play, he's tricked you and beat you. But when they can just stroll past you. You know, you, you know it's, it's, it's some real worries, real worries with that position. But um, no, I don't want to call you know, sort of turn it into a sort of Joel Ward hate-a-thon. You know, the guy has given great service to this club. He really has. But at the moment, you know, that he is a weak link, weak link and there's got to be some form of, uh, if he's not replaced, then, then the coaching really has to focus on, on how to get him, not only defend him properly, but, but how to get the support that he needs to do that from his teammates? Because without negating us as an attacking force down the right hand side, it's a it's a big ask. It really is. Uh, I want to go back to a couple of tweets that we've got in. Uh, Dr. Your your uh, comments about uh, the chairman um, Colin's got in touch. It is easy to criticise Steve Parish when it's not your money. What you're wanting him to spend, he's always said he would not put the club in trouble, uh, and that's a very good point. You know, as much as people hate us, harking back to the past you know, you do have to remember that he made that promise. And that promise is that we would never be put into the financial trouble that we were previously. So, uh, so you know, you've got to be a tough person to stick to your guns. And I, I have no doubt that, that the Steve Parrish will do so uh something we'll come to later but also from Phil Thompson getting in touch and the real plus for him was Kaiko when he came on uh can't wait to talk about that in a little bit of a moment uh, I'd like to apologize for the technical difficulties people have been having with Facebook live uh, if you are struggling with it cutting in and out just go to holradio.net and you'll be able to listen live direct off our website uh we've had some trouble with it today should we say uh it's a bit of an annoying thing. I think Sam's pulling all of her hair out. There we go. Uh, so, uh, Luce, you got some stuff in the chat room.
4: Yeah, so to pick up with what DR said again, um, Cool Eagle said, Totally agree with DR. The money is immaterial compared to relegation. How can we not solve an 18 month problem with goalkeepers? How about Liverpool's ward, light years better than Hennessy? Um, we do not have the squad depth to do all that that all season especially with injuries and that was from toby
2: reed 24 okay thanks for that toby well there you go di you got someone on your side there <laughs> Look, toby does make a you know does similar same point you're making really is i totally get it i do i do get it that the relegation is a far far worse thing than uh than overspending but you know it's all about the context really isn't it it's about <laughs> it's about how much overspending is overspending and i'll give you an example of what i mean If you look at the fact that we have only got one fit striker and people said, how on earth can we be in this situation? We need to go out. We need to get, okay, great. But the one fit striker we've got is Christian Benteke, who costs 27 million quid, right? So we're going to play him and we play with one striker. Really? That's what happens. So how are you going to go out to the market and say, especially this early on and say to a player, we'd love to sign you to play up front for us. By the way, you're going to be on the bench most weeks because we've got Christian Benteke. So unless he's suspended or, or unfit, you know, you're really, you're playing for, for 10, 10 minutes here and there every week. And and then obviously the selling club is saying, well, I, I don't care. Look at the market. It, you know, you've got to pay 15 million quid for your bench player. We're all thinking, you know, do you see what I mean? If I was in that position where I've got a, a limited budget that we've got, no matter whether you talk about FFP or not, we have a limited budget. If you want to spend a half, let's say, half of your limited budget on a player who's not going to play, or you're going to go and spend that money on players who are going to play, or you're going to wait till the last possible moment to get the best possible value. you know, And you've got that horrible trade-off where if we're going to lose games and we've lost two out of two so far, that's the trade off, isn't it? You think, well, actually, if we'd strengthened our squad before that, maybe we wouldn't have lost against Huddersfield, or maybe we would have grabbed a point against Liverpool, or better. And so I get I, sit in, I get the argument. It's a circular argument where you're saying, well, you know, if we'd prepared better, if we spent more money, we would have done better. But let's go back to the, the, the point that Lucy was making earlier on. And spending money does not guarantee success. It doesn't guarantee results. So if we had bought another striker and another goalkeeper, that doesn't mean we wouldn't have lost to Huddersfield. You can't actually make that as a statement, you know. We might have had a better chance of winning it, but you know, put it this way. If I wanted to and this is not meant as an as an insult because I include myself in this, if I was gonna say put someone who's moaning on Twitter in charge of the club or keep Steve Parrish there, do you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna keep Steve Parrish there.
0: Dear. Uh, last one. then why hire a manager like Frank De Boer where you need to spend he hasn't got the squad we need to spend and so why are you going to hire him if you're not going to spend the money that's the problem we're having here it's not about oh yeah let's just go let's just go spend money it's, uh, we're not doing it for the sake of it we have to because we've got a manager who needs his players we can clearly see in this squad Joel Ward is not his player but we still have him playing there why are, we not, why are you going to hire Frank De Boer if you're not going to spend money well, uh, you know what, That's, that is a great question, and, and I, I know Lucy wants to jump in on this as
2: well, but uh, I'll give you I'll give you my answer to that. The first thing I, I would say is, if you're going to spend money, what you don't do is go on Radio 5 Live and tell everyone you're going to do it, for a start. <laughs> What you would what you'd probably say is we haven't got much more money to to spend. We have to sell a bunch of players first. You know we're going to have to leave it late in the window. That kind of stuff, right? You'd, you'd probably say all oh, that kind of stuff. So it means that people won't jack up the price continuously because you've just gone out and said I'm going to go and spend a load of money. You know I will I will stick my neck out here and say categorically that that unless something goes dramatically wrong, we will be bringing in players because we need to, we have to. And Frank DeBoer would have had these conversations with Steve Parrish before he became manager and would have continued those discussions. And he will know the situation that he's in and in and how it was going to be managed. So I think for me, the fact that we've appointed DeBoer and the fact that we do our business the same way every year points to people getting very angry too early, but don't get me wrong. I understand the reasons because I was angry that we went into the start of the season with one fit striker. I was angry that we're, we're picking players that aren't suited to the system and I, and I and I still am. So I get it. I just don't think, I think it's very short-term thinking. Loose.
4: I think the, the, the problem is people get annoyed with how late we spend money that we don't do it straight away. It's the minute that the transfer window opens that we don't, there's no activity. And you get that, last two-week period of everybody going, oh, when are we going to sign someone? And there's absolute like, chaos. It happens every transfer window. And I don't know why. Palace fans have not got used to that yet. Um, the thing that I think people find frustrating, and I'm certainly one of those people, is that we haven't got rid of um, players that perhaps we should have. Um, so the likes of Jordan Much. Um, dare I say Johnny Williams? Um, because he's one of these players that we always send out online and never, never really utilise. I know he, you know, he's he's grown up in the in in the youth system, but you know we could make money off him. Um, you know we Luce, should be
2: selling. Luce, don't try and have a rational conversation with me about selling Johnny Williams. Never.
4: Or Jordan Much, we could get rid of him. <laughs> but we yes. should be selling players, <laughs> making money from them, and then investing that money as well but said we're in new contracts
2: now you need a, you need to buy to sell a player but you need buy to sell a player but I, I you know i get the point i do i, I do let's uh, let's move back to the game now i just want to have a quick uh, quick mentions obviously you brought up hennessy lucy uh, he, he was man of the match um the conversation we were having that you just you just dobbed me into the listeners on Probably. was uh, you you said uh, hennessy was man of the match and i said isn't he just making the kind of regulations? Essentially my comment was, isn't he making the kind of regulation saves you expect a goalkeeper to make? Uh, is he just p- playing better than Wayne Hennessy rather than better than everyone else? And then he went on to make about five or six other great saves. So I had to concede that one, but, uh, <laughs> look, I, I no no I'd be delighted if we had a that level of performance from Wayne Hennessy every week. I think everyone would be delighted if that was the case, but, uh, I think bottom line is, as we haven't, but what, What's important is he had a great game. You know, people need to to support him while he's our goalkeeper and, and, and appreciate that he had a great game and hope that he goes into the next game and has another great game because we're going to need it. We're going to need a goalkeeper to make saves. You know, it sounds like a really obvious statement, but that's how it's felt um, in, in recent times. It's felt like if anyone has a shot, well, I think I, think, uh, I was out having lunch with, with, uh, with a mate, Nav, uh, uh, on Friday. And he made the point that, that Wayne Hennessy concedes one in three shots. If you look at his statistics and for a goalkeeper, you can't, you just can't have that, you know, and I don't, you know, you could argue well one in one in three, wonder to you know, it feels like that sometimes, I guess, but you know, there we go. I don't know. I don't know. It's uh, a typical one, but well done, Wayne Hennessy. Great performance from you there. Uh, but miss was probably the key moment in the game for me. Um, uh, just a quick chat about that. So, uh, loose. You must have thought that was in when you were in the, in the from the crowd.
4: Yeah. Well, it certainly looked like it was going that way, but then, yeah, you know, it just went to the side of the goal, and it's just, it was so frustrating because he sort of he could have t- not taken his time because it's you know it's a quick reaction, but if he just thought about it rather than just booting it. It might have gone in the net. Well, he's almost like it came towards him, and he just sort
2: of went, "Oh my god, there's a ball!" and like sort of kicked it out of the way. Oh my god.
3: Interesting. Good work. Um, <laughs> what's
2: yeah. I mean? Again, that's that's the view you, you you get from the from the crowd from the crowd. But what's interesting is when you look at the uh, the slow mo replays. Dr. He's actually pointed where he wants the ball. Loftus' cheek has played it exactly there, and you can see what he's. And I'm sure I'm sure you spotted it as well, mate. He's
0: gone to side for it and it's hit his ankle, hasn't it? And just ballooned over the bar. Yeah, exactly. It's just one of them things that it's just, it's just a mistake, just like Luca's mistake that cost us the goal. It happens in the game and Liverpool had that mistake in the first half where Hennessy uh, flapped it and Matip just had an open header which he skied it. I don't know how. It's just mistakes that happen in the game. What we have to do is after the mistake happens we have to go again and try to get a goal and unfortunately it didn't figure out but yeah it was a really bad mistake though he should have at least put it on target and yeah it just happens to the best
2: to the best and uh, you know also yeah <laughs> to <laughs> people, while, to people well to say to people who aren't 100% match fit you know casting more aspersions but uh, there we go um, so that was that was an interesting But another part uh, I wanted to talk about about Christian Benteke was the service into him? And we're gonna do that in our favorite feature with the most amazing jingle ever, Hambling's Rambling.
1: Here's a cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full time gig underwritten by golden rule insurance company they offer flexible budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals get more cool facts about united Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com
2: away days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery you in order now on the mcdonald's app at participating restaurants, 18+, plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
3: Chris Hambling's gone all ranty. Something's really wound him up. He's using lots of nutty words. Like bloody cripes and four say It's going to get quite heated. The air is turning blue. The refs have come, the players are, and guess what, so are you. They'll whine about the tactics, the substitutes and so but please
2: don't get him started on Jordan much. Well, it's that time of the show again where I get to uh, basically enjoy a jingle and then have to come up with some sort of reason to justify playing it twice. Uh, so this week's justification really harps back to something I was saying last week and uh, something I, I think I'm going to be saying for a few weeks yet. Yeah, that's the the service into Christian Benteke now a lot of people pointing at Benteke and saying you're not running around enough mate you're not putting the effort in and all this kind of stuff and it's uh, you know it's it happened last season it's quite tiring to witness it then and we're getting it again this season you know I mean obviously he's already fit striker um, so it's not like there are other options I mean, unless you can't Scott Dan as one of course uh, but then um, I, I suppose the main thing is that you've got to play in a way that that actually sort of gets the best out of him now. His hold-up play's good. You know, he's got a bit of pace when he put the ball at his feet, you know, and get him to run it onto it. But, you know, we're not really doing that. But the main thing I think most people would say about Christian Benteke is he's pretty good at heading the ball. In fact, he's the best in the league at heading the ball. Well, the stats showed that last season. They showed it pretty clearly. He scored a lot of his goals from heading chances. He, you know, got two chances last week. Uh, One he could have done better with and one was a great save. So you'd think Probably the dawn on you that if you're going to get the best out of Christian Benteke, probably put a cross or two in. But no, no, we don't want to do that. We have last week, you know, Zaha, magnificent player, didn't really cross. We have Townsend this week, quite great player, doesn't cross. We had Punch and sort of pushing wide left, didn't cross. In fact, we didn't really play any crosses, bar Ruben Loftus Cheek, we put the ball in as a cross, and Benteke should have scored, you know. And then we had Solei Kai Kai had to come off the bench to actually put crosses in, but even those were from short corners, and you know we'd seem to be wasting those as well. It's extremely frustrating to watch a team set up to put balls into the box to a player who's superb at heading and we don't give him a single chance what is going on and why is it that no one else seems to actually pick up on this it seems to be every single week people want to point the fingers at poor old menteke and say you know what a waste of money let's sell him and get two Yeah, yeah, probably joy gale back or glenn murray back but no let's play to the strengths of the best header in the premier league it's not rocket science it's not some magic thing that only I've thought of. Surely all of you are sitting at home screaming at the TV for people to get the ball in the box. Even Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank said it on goals on Sunday this week, alright? And if, if I'm saying it and Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank is saying it, then we know it's true.
3: Samblings has gone all ranty Something's really wound him up He's using lots of nutty words Like bloody cripes and for pizza It's going to get quite heated The air is turning blue The ref's a cup, the players are And guess what, so are you He'll whine about the tactics The substitutes and such But please don't get him started On Jordan much
0: Hi everyone, it's Terence here from the Preview Podcast to apologise for Albert Curley constantly name-dropping movie celebrities on a football podcast. We get it, mate. You know Tom Cruise and Hermione Granger. Nobody cares. Come back to us when you've had breakfast with Rory Ginty and a Little Chef. Then we'll be impressed. Anyway... I'm here to remind you that from Wednesday night the Swansea preview podcast will be ready for your ears from 10 p.m. at all good podcast outlets. It's 100% less celebrity chat and 100% more Nick Philpot talking
3: crap. Homesdale Radio Preview Podcast.
2: Thanks for that Terence and um just a quick note about hamblings ramblings there i do that spontaneously every week and i did make myself laugh by citing jimmy floyd hasselbank as a authority on football and i have to apologize to everyone for that. <laughs> uh, sometimes it's difficult to know what i'm going to say next so uh yeah, it's sort all of held together all right and we got to hear the jingle which is the main thing um, god dear dear oh yeah, dear, dear. <laughs> um there was a few things that were touched on now obviously we won't go into any more detail about the service um uh, I just want to mention the goal that we conceded. It's actually very, very unlucky because uh, Luca's doing his screening job, gets the foot in, but you know it's not the best of touches. He's challenged at the same time, and uh, unfortunately, it has just fallen to Mane. He was just slotted it home, so it's really quite an unlucky goal to to have conceded there. Um, anyway, before we go any further, Luce, you got some stuff in the chat room?
4: Yeah. So uh, Tim Gypsy Hill sixty four said it was Liverpool. FFS, they don't let you cross. Um, J. Dog said Hambo, yep, he's not getting the full service But he is muffing chances And Eagle 89 said Benteke used to strike the ball brilliant for Aston Villa Can you imagine him hitting a shot properly And, and strong or even running from the halfway line And scoring as he did An um, SP for AV after Dan messed up However, I agree with Hambo
2: I'll get a couple a couple, a couple, of things I want to address there. I, I totally get the point about Benteke. He's not, not playing in the same way he did for Villa. Um, and, and I maintain that certainly the start of this season, he, he hasn't looked match fit. And I would say that about all of the players. They looked a lot fitter this week than they did against Huddersfield, a lot sharper. Um, but I think Benteke is probably five or six games away from being from being sharp, and we've really got to stick with it. Uh, but also just getting some proper service. On the point of Liverpool not letting you cross, uh, did you see their first game of the season? Honestly, uh, I, I get the point, right? they you say they don't let you cross. I, 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 they probably shouldn't let you cross, but the, you know, their fullbacks are playing as wingers. So there should be plenty of space to do it. And what I'm getting at is I'm not saying that, that, that they stopped us crossing. I'm saying that we got in positions to cross and didn't cross. You know, we, we played it back. We knocked it about. I get the style, but we've got to put the ball in the box. And, you know, like I said, Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank said it. He said, if you've got a chance to cross, you should cross. And I agree with him, you know, as much as it's only Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank, Yeah, you've said it as well, Luce. Their fullbacks did play as wingers. Um, I have been distracted from what I was going to say now after that little rant, mini rant there. Look, I, you know, I'm not right. I'm not saying I'm right about everything. I, I have my view. You have yours. Um, you're saying the lack of crossing was due to uh, to Liverpool. Fair play fair play, but uh, I you know, didn't see many crosses against Huddersfield either, so I think it's more a feature of our play, and we need to sort it out if we can continue with our uh, well, we are going to continue with playing mid-tech out front, because we've only got one choice other than Scott Dan uh, Phil Thompson uh, has also got in touch again to say that uh, Steve Parrish did say they'd like to see players perform at the start of the season to see the weak areas to address
0: mm.
2: Mm. I'll just leave that one hanging there
0: <laughs> pre-season <laughs>
2: no look I, again i do i do under, you can't judge everything by pre-season otherwise jordan much would be playing you uh but at the same time you uh you do you do hope that that you can you can see well you know goalkeeper right back you know come on you didn't Never need,
0: need to, pre-season no, you,
2: you <laughs> yeah. don't need anything to see you need to do something there you really don't um actually uh we have got a we do some extra content for the for the podcast uh, so i'm gonna mikey's absolutely champing at the bit to uh, play this so i've got to give you a brief explanation to uh i'm not sure i really want to uh <laughs> well we, we've got some when you download the podcast uh, which you should do if you're a live listener as well um there's there's a little bit extra for you some some sort of stuff where we're mucking around you might not like it because it's a podcast you don't have to listen to it uh so hopefully that's sold it brilliantly um have a little listen to this
4: Loney
5: has a bad cold. (laughs) Oh, Ruben lost his cheek.
2: Things are looking a bit bleak.
4: (laughs) It's good, but it's not right.
2: (laughs) Ah. The the nearest I can get is Fosu has the flu.
4: Nah, well, you're on the right line. Am I? Yeah.
5: Timothy Fosu-Mensar has got pneumonia. (laughs) What? um... Has it? That's a bit worse than a cold, isn't it?
2: Uh, Oh, just... Oh, no. (laughs) Get with the bleep, ready. Just f*** off. (laughs) 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 yeah i may have overreacted and got over competitive during the course of that game but if you feel like you might want to listen to that do download the podcast um i'm I'm reliably told it actually sounded fine but to record it was an experience you did well didn't you dr no 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 that's the last
0: time i'm playing that game that was that was horrific I i don't i have nothing else to say it was just horrific from from my side of it
2: fair play um, OK, a few, uh, a few things to wrap up the show with. First of all, Saleh Kaikai. Uh, lovely little cameo off the bench. Really enjoyed it. Um, very direct. at a shot at one stage. Always looking for an offensive pass. Confident in possession. You know, I, I don't think I would have said I've written him off in this show. But I've sort of thought, I've, I have said at times that, you know, if, if he's not playing... Then clearly that the, they don't believe he's up to it. He'd have done himself a huge, huge favour. Now let's not forget he would have to be named in the twenty-five because of his age this year. Uh, but you know, when we're struggling with Wilf out injured, and you know we've got a limited budget, you know he's 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 got a real chance if he if he plays like that. Were you impressed with that, DR?
0: Uh, yeah, I was impressed uh, with how he played when he came on. You can see he really wants to start. He wants to get. Uh, he wants to get a position and start in starting eleven, and he has determination. Uh, but then again, he <laughs> wasn't um, crossing a ball, which we need to do when he has the ball. And also in short corners, I don't think it was him. But them short corners, we need to cut off from day one. Liverpool <laughs> are awful in set pieces, and we're doing short corners. It makes no sense. Like it's oh. like I don't know how. To, it's so awful.
2: Yeah, I, I, again, I I think the but the, the point of a short corner, right, is you change your angle of of the ball in the box, right? Because so your opposition will set up a certain way, and obviously as you pointed out, Liverpool are weak at set pieces, so but they will still set up a certain way. We don't generally do short corners, so they probably would not be set up to uh, to account for that. So what you're trying to do is you're trying to you're trying to mix it up. You're trying to give them something to think about, and if you're aware that the ball is going to come in from a different angle than it looks like from the corner. Then obviously you could try and take advantage of that. It just didn't work. And I think that's probably yeah, best. To we've leave
0: it. We've, we've done it like multiple times, only not this game. We've done it last season. It never works. I don't know why we keep trying short corners. Also, the one time that in the first half we did put a cross in, Tompkins had a free header and he just like you just he just missed it. So when we do when we do it, when we if we actually did put crosses in, then we might have more chances. But yeah, then again, I don't know about the short corners. If you continue it, then set pieces are going to be pointless this year.
2: Well, there we go.
0: Uh, <laughs> uh, you want to say something about Tompkins, Luce?
4: Yeah, I just want to shout out for James Tompkins because I thought um, he actually had a really good game yesterday and he should be starting for us at the back every game. Um, I think he's very underrated. I think a lot of fat Palace fans criticise him. There's a lot of Palace fans that um, really think he um, is good for us. Um and yeah, I just wanted to give him a shout out. To uh,
2: he's a, a for game. me, he's, he's a he's a very very good footballer, you know. And for, and I also think I kind of get that the 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 centre of the the back three needs to be a very very good in the air. It needs to be a sort of dominant uh, force in that middle, right? And Scott Dan's about six five, great header in the ball, so I understand why he's there. But <laughs> with a fully fit back three. Playing the way we're playing. I'll probably put Tompkins in over Dan and, and have read about left and, and Fossey Menza right. But there we go. That's just, just my view on that. A few,
4: um, few people in the chat room are agreeing. Um, Tim Gypsy Hill 64 said, agree with Lucy here. Um, Maximus2 UK says, Tompkins reads the game very well. And Cool Eagle 89 says, good shout. So obviously, there's a few people that are agreeing with me.
0: Good yeah. stuff. Jumping Tompkins. Finally. Tom- Tompkins is not only a good footballer he's an intelligent one which you need to be when you're a defender like yesterday I, I remember he was um, under pressure and he was on a he was on a wing he straight away put it to Rosette unexperienced well, inexperienced footballers will give it away and then it will lead to a chaos and probably will concede from goal so that's what Tompkins brings he brings into the side an intelligent footballer that knows what he's doing as well as he has talent as well so I think Tompkins definitely needs to start
2: ok good stuff cheers Dio. um what else do I want to talk about before we go? Uh, I'm I just going to say that Luka misses Kabai. He's he's not been the same player this season without Johan Kabai next to him, and it'd be interesting to see when Kabay is fully fit, how we actually accommodate that, or if we actually do, or whether Kabai actually stays at the club. We'll see. Um, I was going to talk about what would we need to unlock teams what quality do we need but that can be uh, carried over to next week I would think uh, we talked about Hennessy being a man of the match Ruben Loftus-Cheek as well so thought Fosu Mensah had a pretty good game and they were the sort of pick for me um, and probably the last thing I want to talk about before we let you go it uh, Scott Dan up front now Mikey uh, actually said during, during the game uh, in, our, in our little Facebook chat he said, is it, is it De Boer trying to make a point about the lack of strikers at the club? Or is it him thinking he's a tactical genius? So, what, what do you think, Luce?
4: I think it's pretty stupid.
2: <laughs> but what are, his um, op- what are his options? We're chasing the game. We've got, we've got no real strikers on the bench he wants a physical presence up there. Is there yeah. any, do you think there's any, they said they practiced it in training as well. He said after the game, but is there anything it's very said to doing that? Do you think uh, he's not the only manager to have done it. A couple of the other uh, managers have thrown down up there for the last sort of two, three minutes, but I think it was a good 10, 15 minutes.
4: Yeah. Maybe it was like you're saying, maybe it was him saying, uh, it was a, a dig saying, "Yep, yeah, we need, we need a striker. Um, I'm going to use a defender because that's all we've got. We've got nothing else. Um, but you could see, I, th- I think it was also a little bit unfair on Scott Down. I mean, okay, so they might have practiced that in training, but you could see when the ball came and he sort of, um, it came across and he went for it. You could see he sort of didn't really know what to do when he was offside because he probably doesn't really know about the positioning up front as much as he does from the back. So. I thought it was really
0: bizarre but what what do I know <laughs> What well, oh, then indeed. again Did but you then ahead. again Lucy who else do we have we have to put Scott Dan up there I remember once I think was it last season or the season before he was one of our top goal scorers yeah. so yeah. so if we're if we're 1-0 behind and we have to we have to put defenders up there and you'll put Scott Dan up there but then again it's just the depth in the squad we need to um, yeah your well, you're
2: absolutely right so i'm gonna sort of this this is my view on it right okay so if if you've made all your substitutions and you're trying to chase a game because you've suddenly concede when you've got no options on the bench and you think well i've got to hit the ball up there we've got to get some direct play going we've got to try and pick up the scraps and, and put some pressure on you know for the last five or ten minutes of a game it's a move that you'd expect and again yes we have seen in the past when you're doing it because you literally have nothing no other way of trying to change the way the game's going so tactically you've identified that the best thing that you can do is 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 try and get the ball up there and and try and feed off the knockdowns right if that's you tactically you want to do that you think we're one nil down that's the best way of getting back into the game if you literally have the only option of putting your center back up front that that's not good enough at Premier League level. And I don't know that Frank de Boer is trying to make a point there. I think Frank de Boer is just trying to use the players that he's got in the best way he possibly can. Um, Brent Morgan's got in touch and said they called it Total Football over there, mate. <laughs> so, yeah, I suppose everyone playing in every position is very Dutch. <laughs> but uh, I, 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 think, I don't think it was deliberately done to sort of highlight, because I think everyone knows you you know, you can't have, you can't go into the season with one. <laughs> now, you know, and that's with the greatest respect to, to Keshi Anderson and, and Freddie Ladipo and any other strikers that are sort of lurking around at the club. But, you know, those those aren't Premier League footballers at, at this stage. Who knows if they will be in the past. I'm sure there's some talent there. Otherwise, they wouldn't be at Palace. But, you know, bottom line, we've got to do something. So we're, we're not in that position anymore. But look, the most important thing for me was it was a hugely better performance. It showed that that we have a way of playing against better teams. It shows that we can come back from adversity, and 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 resettle ourselves. I thought the fitness was better, that we were sharper, the passing was better. Um, I think you chuck Zaha back in that team, and you get a fit Johan Kabay in that team, and, and and I think we start looking a lot better. Uh, and, and I know, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna panic yet. But without a doubt, we've got to do some business in the transfer window by, by the end because you know keeper right back and something something creative as well as up front you know we're talking four players in my view at the very least and that's going to be a tough one to do uh, anything anyone wants to bring up before we go
0: uh, no, nope, we just have to be patient as Palace fans, that's what I wanna say. When Frank De <coughs> did come in, uh we had to, from then on we have to we, we have to put it into our minds that we have to be patient, because if we don't be patient then it's gonna end horribly. And if we do give him time and it's a failure, then fair enough, but we need to give him time and we need to get used to the style of football. Yeah, no,
2: that's a very, very good point, D.R. World up. Anything from yeah. you, Luce?
4: Um, yeah, just good luck to the boys on Tuesday.
2: Yeah, very much looking forward to that game. We're going to get down to Sellers Park. Hope you are there too uh, to watch us against Ipswich. There was a lot of confusion over whether it was at Sellers Park or not when it was announced, but I can still confirm that despite John Salarco's best efforts, we are playing that game at Sellers Park on Tuesday night. And I'm very much looking forward to that one. Uh, Hopefully uh, see the boys win for the first time this season.
0: Uh, Fingers crossed.
2: don't go there. Don't go there, D. You're not allowed to say it. Uh, oh. You may have noticed throughout the course of the show that we did lose Al, but uh, I just want to say uh, we've heard back from him. He had to quickly rush off to hospital with his son, but his son is fine, which, uh, which, which is great to hear. So I uh, hope, hope you feel better soon, Arthur. And uh, I'm sorry to lose you during the show, Al, but uh, when you listen to this back, which you probably won't, but I'm going to say it anyway. So uh, thank you to everybody who got in contact today. Really enjoyed your contact. Uh, if you do want to get in touch throughout the course of the week, please do. It does help us shape the show and, and the way we're thinking. All your feedback kind of changes the way we do things, all that kind of stuff. So it's great to hear from you. You can get in touch with us on Facebook and on Twitter and and in real life. If you ever see us, you can do that as well. So uh, cheers. Uh, listen to the, the uh, preview show On Wednesday, it should be released Wednesday night. Other than that, we'll see you next week. Goodbye. Goodbye,
3: everyone. Got something you'd like to get off your chest? Tweet us now at Whole Radio.
2: Right, welcome to your extra content for the week. And uh, it's a very, very special, special uh, game, I think. I don't really know what it is. Uh, Lucy White is here to, uh, well, to host and uh, myself, Albert and DR will be playing. Lucy, it's over to you.
4: The name of the game is Obama Lama Palace Edition. Right. So Obama Llama is a game where you have to say a sentence and it will have a celebrity's name in it and they will be doing something and it has to rhyme. So, for example, if I said to you, former president is on an alpaca. It would be.
2: Uh, Obama <laughs> <laughs> a
4: Llama.
2: What? Obama is on a llama. Correct. Like that. That's yes. right. Is, is he? <laughs> yeah. So okay, that's good. That's good news. So right. will you be saying these things to us, and we have to guess what it is? Is that what it is?
4: So I will be giving you a clue, and you right. have to give me the palace player and the phrase. So, for example, if I said to you, Palace Legend is drinking a beer, it would be...
5: Julian Spironi drinking a Peroni.
4: Hooray! Yes.
2: You get the idea? I'll go off (laughs) it. Yeah, no, I'm looking forward to D.I.'s answers. Although, (laughs) now I've said that, I'm probably going to have a nightmare. So, all
4: right. Me and Mikey, because Mikey gets um, overall say on everything... (laughs) Um we want the whole sentence. We don't just want Sparoni Peroni. We want exactly what they're doing. Okay. So I'm gonna start with uh, you, Hambo. Bring it on So the clue is nineteen seventies midfielder takes Gillette Tayogi.
2: What the hell was Oh yeah. Oh, uh, 1970s midfielder. This really oh, this is why I just want need Patrick or Joe or Nick or Nick. Uh, uh, something bare. Uh, Gillette Gillette's a razor
3: belt.
2: I don't know. I don't know! I think they are low. <laughs> right,
4: I'm gonna offer this to uh, Albert and DR. Any of you think you know what it might be?
5: have can, zero clue. Can I have it again? Just just again?
4: So 1970s midfielder takes Gillette to Yogi.
5: Something about Vince Hilaire shaving a bear?
4: Correct! Oosh!
2: Oh
5: wow. You
4: get, you get two bonus points Albert because you got it right. <laughs> Do
2: you know what? Do you know what the worst thing is? I just screamed that and celebrated because I got it just before Albert, but I was on mute. <laughs> I'm, a- I'm not even kidding. I'm absolutely gutted right now. because well, You should have said a- it
5: when it was just- your turn then.
2: You, you're you right. You're right. I should. So I can handle it, but I'm livid right now. Okay.
4: So Albert gets two bonus points because he stole it. So well done, Albert. Awesome.
2: All right. And they
5: say
4: crime doesn't pay. So Albert, it's over to you for one point. Celtic defender wins mastermind.
5: Uh Celtic. I want to say any half thoughts in case I
2: encourage. He was a hip hop guy from Uh, Somerset. I'm sorry. I'm. I'm Can I steal it?
4: I'm
2: going to ask DR first. DR, do you know what it is? Zero clues. (laughs) Just record DR saying zero clues, and he'll just repeat that every time. (laughs) (laughs)
4: Delaney,
2: Delaney is very brainy. It is. Ah
4: oh, very good. Well, <laughs> well, done.
2: well done. Oh no.
5: So
4: oh. two points to you, Hambo, two points to you, Albert. It's up to you now, DR, you've got you get one point if you get this right, so you ready? Yeah. <laughs> Current Frenchman Yams Pucker Tucker. It-
0: is it your and <laughs> Kabai? There's more. I think it's your...
3: Cool.
0: Um, your.
1: <laughs> Come on, Alfie. It's out, your. your...
0: And... <laughs> I don't. It's. I know it's your and goodbye, but I don't know the rest of it. Um. Tucker, Tucker. Come
4: on,
0: bro. Oh, your and goodbye eats pie. I don't know. <laughs> I'm alright. Oh you wow. Are... Oh, okay.
2: Oh, that's an easy one. <laughs> is that actually a word for word? Yo, goodbye, eats pie. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yo, goodbye, eats pie. That's the only thing I could comment it's
4: on. It's kind of what I've got down. So Can down. You... It's good enough.
2: Is it? Is it good enough? <laughs> it
4: is. It is. Quite
2: Chris. <laughs> All right. Fine.
4: Yeah, right. Okay, so... He probably eats
5: more of a tart than being a Frenchman. <laughs>
2: <laughs> is there a <laughs> hidden meaning in that comment? I don't know. True. Mm.
4: Right. Right. The next one, we're going back to you, Hanby.
2: Or Slan, or yeah, yeah. Sure, baby. Okay. Are you ready? Yes, yes. Sorry, yes.
4: Right, Goal Machine is making Thumper a home. <laughs> well,
2: Goal Machine. Well, I know the last part of it is dig to burrow. Is it? Is it? Gold machine. It's not a gold machine, is it? It's, this is a sarcastic gold machine.
4: Alex no. Burrow Can <laughs> I steal? can an answer, Hambo.
2: No. Okay.
4: Dr. Albert, can either of you steal it?
5: Yeah, I can steal it. Yeah, Albert can go ahead.
4: Go on, Albert.
5: Jordan Mutch building a hutch.
4: <laughs>
2: oh, God. <laughs> right. I call for a steward's inquiry. <laughs> there is so many lies there that... First of all... We what, do rabbits that. don't live in hutches? Yeah, they do. They're, they're caged in hutches. They don't choose to live there. I re- I reject your answers. <laughs>
4: I'm afraid Albert gets the point. <laughs>
2: he doesn't oh. deserve it much like Jordan much doesn't anyway no. right.
4: <laughs> hey pre-season he was on fire so you can't argue with that great, exactly yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, I right. Chris wouldn't
5: weigh on him if
2: he was on fire <laughs> 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 well hard to consider it
4: okay right Albert Come on, are you ready yeah Loney has a bad cold
2: Oh.
3: <laughs> <laughs> there,
4: are you there, Albert?
2: Oh, that's uh, my favourite. Albert passed away. <laughs> <laughs> it's
5: after it was too hard. Ruben Loft- no, it's just it's not like Countdown. I was just writing some notes. Right. Okay. <laughs> so, See, Ruben Lofters cheek. Things are looking a bit bleak.
4: <laughs> it's good, but it's not right. Ah. DR Hambo, any ideas?
2: The the nearest I can get is Fosu has the flu. No,
4: nah, well, you're on the right line. Am I? Yeah. Timothy
5: Fosu-Mensar has got pneumonia.
4: <laughs> sort of. Has
5: <laughs> he? That's a bit worse than a cold, isn't it?
2: Yeah.
4: Oh. It's uh, Timothy Fosu-Mensar has influenza. Uh,
2: oh, just... Oh, Get with the bleep ready Just f*** off <laughs>
3: <laughs> Right
4: DR, my lovely DR Oh no Right Think about this alright Yeah <laughs> The clue is Celebrations in Finland
3: Okay
0: <laughs>
4: uh, Come
0: on, The Celebrations in Finland. Yeah,
5: who's in Finland? I'm sorry. <laughs> the not working. Finland's a country.
2: Make <laughs> <laughs> me to Oof. steal next. Made to steal got in their parole book just a Go on, then. Aki arties having a party.
3: Yay! <laughs> you, didn't, well, you didn't
5: actually let Dr. have a chance to answer that. You yeah, but come on, on we,
2: we know what was going to happen.
3: Dr. Probably.
5: what were you going to say? Nothing. <laughs> you're too,
2: you're idiot. You're
5: idiot. You're
0: too honest. Oh, my days. I was going to... I don't know. I was lost. My brain stopped for a second. What was he going to say, Albert? Uh,
5: I was going to say Aki arties having a party. <laughs>
0: Oh, okay, fair
2: enough. Me and Albert have, have drawn level and DR's, you know, DR's
5: relegated. Yeah, will yeah, be relegated. <laughs> are you DR's a, getting fired uh, from the show. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <The> show ends.
4: Mikey, <laughs> are we doing another round?
2: It's a it's a playoff. Have you not got slack open, uh, Lucy, to see all these messages we get? I'm
4: too busy looking at the...
2: Uh... Oh, okay. She's Wait. too busy coming up with these brilliant, brilliant rhymes. Yeah, that's true, that's true. i Have you got one available for uh, uh, a little playoff between me and Albert? Yes, I There's have. An image. Oh. All right. So how does this work? I think first to scream loudly, how about that? What, just scream your name or scream the answer? Well,
4: first to do an impression
2: you, of a lover. You
5: summer. have
4: to say your name. Oh,
2: all right. And
4: then I will come to you. Okay?
2: <sighs> okay. Are you ready? I was born ready. Are you ready now?
4: X-Winger does Goldfinger. Hey? Does Goldfinger?
5: X-Winger does (laughs) Goldfinger.
2: I know what I think half of it would be, but... Mikey got this that is insane Mikey got. <laughs> it well if Mikey got it then it's got to be is this the is this the only
5: only one like if you both don't get it what happens I apart, win from, apart from bad yeah.
2: radio <laughs> <laughs> Mikey give me another 30 seconds but I just to kill myself Uh. come on an next winger does bold figure. Uh, Tell us, and then we'll do another one. <laughs> this is going go yeah. forever. Come on.
4: It's Yannick Balassi sings like Shirley Bassey. Oh, <laughs>
2: for God's sake. So I was thinking someone plays Bond. Right, oh. so I was trying to think. Like, uh, but I, I just give up.
4: <laughs> right, do you want another one?
2: Well, not particularly, but we have to, really, don't we? You've got to resolve this. <laughs> right. uh Let's do it. Right. Sub scores one
4: four seven. What was that? Sub scores one four seven. I don't know what the
2: first word is. What was what was even the first word? Oh, sub scores. Okay. God. A snooker? What? Chris, hello. Something to do with Luca and snooker? Luca wins
3: snooker. Oh,
2: I mean, that's not how you you can win snooker with very different. score. I don't know. I've got time to talk about snooker. That, that was great. <laughs> what a great game. Luca. is sh- Tommy Black pots the black,
4: but he's not
5: Serbian. That's he isn't. It. That's he's not that's is it. It? the root of his can't problem. Can't
4: black with black.
5: No, that, well, wait, wait, you, that's right, isn't it? I think, I think you're fine. <laughs> Two points to Albert. He wins. Um, I don't think I want to win this. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> really?
2: really.
4: See
2: some of the other ones I've got. So, well, next week. <laughs> 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 released for the for the guys at home, because they're going to want to get in on this action. Definitely. Definitely,
4: definitely are. Right. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com.
0: This podcast is proud to be
4: part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.